Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Baggies broadcast. Uh, it's me, Luke Hatfield. I'm joined, as ever, by a man who, for some reason, is very, very keen to coax me on to a night out all of a sudden. Mr. Joe Massey. Am I very keen to coach onto a night out? Uh, judging by Twitter, mate, I'm just going by my Twitter replies. You're keen to get me on a night out. Oh, I can't. I am. I, well, it's almost the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah. I've got to do, got to do something to mark the occasion. I guess yeah. we do. I'm looking forward to Anando's, which I'm very, very confident uh, you'll be paying for. <sighs> because I, mean... I believe Mateus Pereira will get more goal involvement. That's the term now, isn't it? I mean, this all comes from you changing the rules halfway through the season. It's a, this all came from you agreeing for me to change the rules halfway full, through the season and knowing that I was actually a fairer way of doing it. So, all good. But yes, mate, um, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm up for a night out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just going to mention that, um, that that goal contribution bet is suddenly very, very, very close. I mean, they're tied now, aren't they? Tied, mate, tied. Unbelievable. And, and I honestly think Pereira's going to rip um, West Ham and Leeds apart. Partly because they're probably going to be two of the clubs in from in the summer. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I take it this night out thing you're bringing up because I had a tweet, um chat called AJ on Twitter. Um, Assos were giving away £500. Did you yeah. see this? Yeah, 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 I saw that. Got five grand to give away and they were giving away £500 to 10 lucky winners. And all you had to do was retweet who you shed the money with, and he picked me. Bless him. I mean, I don't, I don't know who he is. <laughs> but AJ, if you listen, I'm very, very grateful. Very, very grateful. Um, I've, I asked him what we're going to do with the money, suggesting a huge night out, and maybe we should invite you along as well. And he, and he said he'd give the money to charity, which made me look a right idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know how many people have, have retweeted that? By the way, retweeted what? The, the ASOS tweet to get this five hundred quid. Oh, no, I've got no idea. There's, there's currently over 5,600. The chances of actually winning it wouldn't it, are slim. Uh, but you've got to be in it to win it, I guess. I think we deserve to win it now. Now now, now AJ's donated the cash to charity. Yeah. It's done a good thing now, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. I mean, it's a great cause. Um, but, of course, we're going to be joined by someone for this Nando's, mate. It's not just going to be me and you. Oh, I know, do yeah. Do you want to know who's currently leading? I'll tell you what's close. Um, in this fantasy Premier League, so we—I mean—we've not really kept track of it on the podcast. Maybe we should do that next season. Oh no, I've got, oh, that's a bit silly of me. Oh, you absolutely! I didn't not. even mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean it. Is there a Championship fantasy fantasy league you can do? What a first class knobhead! Am I allowed to say I that? Didn't, yeah, you're allowed to say it, and definitely believe it. Um, oh yeah, I, I didn't even mean that. Um, Josh Kettle currently leading. Um, 2,329 points. Second place, Brad Chamberlain, 2,310. And then Kieran Maguire, 2,309. Josh Kettle. Josh Kettle. I hope he's no relation to Trevor Kettle, the referee. I knew you were going to bring that up. Did you know I was going to bring that up? He gave me some dark days when I was working in League (laughs) 1 and League 2. I hope that's not your dad, Josh. What if it is his dad? Oh, imagine. (laughs) I'll tell you what, that'll make for a good... um, a A good... you know, Nando's based chat. If he is a family member, Josh, I apologise. I apologise. <laughs> um, um, do you know where I go back and listen to any of my Walsall podcasts? No, God forbid. Um, do you know where I sit in the 182 man fantasy Premier League? 
Well, with, with your prediction record and and how good you are at forecasting things, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you're somewhere between 160 and 182. I am. I'm 171st. <laughs> Sharkara. My last game where you guys scored 12 points. Do you know what it is? I haven't focused on my regular fantasy. Oh yeah, yet. that's definitely what it is, mate. That's definitely what it is. Come on. It's nothing to do with you being absolutely atrocious at these things. I mean, yeah, it's not a good performance, but I just haven't been focusing on it. I've been too busy making sure these podcasts are up to standard and just don't have time. How many lottery numbers are there? There used to be four. No, there used to be forty-nine, didn't there? Oh yeah, there's more than that now. There's like fifty odd now, isn't there? Yeah, something like that. Fifty-nine. I literally would be tempted to ask you to name fifty-three lottery numbers, and I'd pick the other six. That is how bad you are at predictions. It might work. <laughs> do it, do it. Next Euro Millions, mate. Do it. You never know. We'll, we'll have plenty of money to to go on a night out. We could have go on a night out in Miami. We could, yeah. Forget going down to you know Birmingham or Arcadian or somewhere. Let's just fly out to New York, Miami. That's what I was thinking. This this, this AJ wins five hundred quid. I was thinking we could have an epic night out, hotel stay somewhere, drinks flowing. Yeah. We've gone for the old charity line. Oh, yeah, the old charity line. We've still got to organise this charity football game. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm warming to it. Oh, what's, what's, what's made you warm to it? Well, I think it was because, I don't know if it was AJ or someone else tweeted, charity game slash tournament. And tournament. I thought oh, a tournament would be good. Like, if we got, like, if we got, like, X amount of teams and maybe did, like, six aside. Yeah. And got like 16 teams or something and have like 16 teams. Yeah, and have like a round robin like knockout 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 to make it through to a final. I was thinking that would be a good idea. 16 teams that's a lot of players, mate. What 16 times 6? 96. So we need 90, 96 people to take part, all right? We get thousands of listeners to this podcast. Yeah, but I mean I imagine, to be fair, I imagine 96 would want to put in a two-foot challenge on me, to be fair. Exactly, yeah. And we only need 16 captains, really. We only need 16 of the listeners to want to take part because they'll have six mates. They'll have to get their team. Oh, there'll be some ringers, though. Like, they'll bring in someone who, you know, had trials at Albion when they yeah, were, Yeah, like, that's 12. so... That's so true. Like, that's and I'll, so I'll, true. I'll be playing. I'll just, I'll just get absolutely bullied. I might get a ringer, though. Who could I get? Chris Brunt, James Morrison. Yes, <laughs> Imagine if we did that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We could have a we could have an Albion potty team. Me, you. He used to speak to Kevin Phillips for his column. Kevin Phillips up front. Jake Imagine that'd be so funny if we rocked up to us, if we got sixteen teams. Can we get Ben me Foster? And <laughs> me and you turn up with Phillips, Morrison, and Brunt. <laughs> no, Good luck, lads. Fairly obvious where the weak links are. Just put it that way. <laughs> Um, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't touch the ball, would we? They'd just pass it beyond us. If they passed the ball to me, I'd be like, what are you doing, James? Just shoot. Just shoot from like 18 yards instead of passing the ball to me four yards out. I'll just oh, it would be funny if we got a ringer in. That would be funny. Just one ringer. That would be put, funny. Put like um, Chris Brunt in like, a, in like a costume or makeup so no one knows it's him. Yeah. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Imagine. Imagine the scenes. Um... Should we talk about football? Because we've been going about eight minutes now. God, this is your banter section. I'm a, this is a problem, this is. I've like actually started getting involved in your banter section. Yeah? 
It's worked. I always weigh you down, mate. I always weigh you down. Um, you know what? It's banter. A bloody goalkeeper scoring in added time. What's uh, that I, about? Don't, I don't want to talk about that, mate. Oh, mate. Come on. We've got to talk about that. I mean, only Albion could concede in added time on added time to a goalkeeper who's come up and scored, admittedly, an absolutely superb header. I think everyone can admit that. But only Albion could do that. Yeah, I mean, it was a brilliant header. Um was a brilliant header. First goal, I mean, we said it all the other night, didn't we, in the video, but first goalkeeper to ever score in Liverpool's history. Liverpool, one of the most famous football clubs in the world, one of the most prestigious football clubs in the world, had some of the most amazing... That club is synonymous with some of the most amazing nights in football, and that has never happened. They've, the goalkeeper has never scored for them. Mm-hmm. Um so as I said on the on the video, like I do feel part of me feels very lucky I was there to see it. I mean, it was a, a an incredible moment. Um, um, but do you know what? Like it just sums up Albion's season. I said, um, friend of the pod, Alistair Jones, my mate, who I'm doing another podcast with that we're setting up at the minute. Um, we said months ago. This is long, 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 long ago. Like right at the start of the season when Slaven was in charge, that. It's just not our season, is it? It's just not our season. Like, it's no. just not Albion's season. This is, everything that could go wrong, really, has gone wrong. From, like, like whether, I don't know, just off the top of my head, like VAR decisions, sendings off, that should have got a penalty at Old Trafford, and this, that, or just, there's been so much. It's just nothing's, you just knew the writing was on the wall, really. It's just, it's felt like we're never going to get a lucky break. Mm. Um, and, that, and then that just sums up the season for me. The fact that Albion played really, really well against Liverpool, I thought, really, really well. At the very worst, deserved a draw. I would say probably deserved to win because I'm absolutely adamant Kyle Bartley scored a perfectly fine goal. Um, and that would have put them 2-1 up with about 15 minutes to play. And also it would have sucker punched Liverpool who had to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure their heads would have dropped after that, and 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 they were and they were tired. Let's not forget, like they did play Man United just a couple of days before. Um, but again, Albion don't get the rub of the green. Um, and then, yeah, when your luck's in, your luck's in, isn't it? And when your luck's out, your luck's out. And Albion should have defended the corner better, of course they should have. But it was like the night. It was was it the night. It was 40 seconds over the four minutes added on. Yeah. And then you see, like, I mean, then as, I mean, fair play to Alison. It's a brilliant editor. It was kind of amazing to see it. Um, it was, a, it is an iconic moment, really. But yeah, that game tells you everything you need to know. Albion's story, look, they're, they're a long way off survival now, aren't they? Like, I, I, can't, I, haven't, I haven't, do you know what? I haven't even looked at the table since. Relegation has been confirmed. Don't know how many points it actually is at this moment in time, um, but their story, even though the gaps are big one, the story is a, it's a season of so close but so far. Mm. Twelve points, uh, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm, I speak. This is just random, but I was speaking to my mate the other day, just like just one of my best mates from uni. and he's like watches most football matches, and he says he says like yeah, Albion haven't been. He was like Albion just. It always feels like they're close, but they just always fall on the wrong side of things. Yeah. And that's it. Every time, every sort of 50-50, every time they've been close, everything that's just, just nothing's gone their way. Um, 
You have to remember that, like when we when we drew three three with um, Chelsea early on, there yeah. was a rule change after that game on the handball, wasn't there? Yeah. For their first, and you just think like that just sums it up. Like Albion concede the goal, don't get the win, and then there's a rule change. Like it's just nothing has gone for them this season. Absolutely every nothing. They've had no luck. Mm. Um, Maybe maybe I'm biased. Maybe that's maybe I'm sure maybe a lot of clubs would say the same. But that's how I genuinely feel about it. Um, I think you're right. I think they have been unlucky. Like how ref- how does Mbaidianga miss those chances at Burnley? How does that happen? He doesn't miss oh, them again, yeah. does he? You know, no. like, if he goes through ninety nine times out of hundred, he scores. Mm. But not that day against Man United. How does he miss that one where he's gone round the head? Like it's just all those little things. Like just. Just been against them this year, um, but it's over and it's done. For the record, can you name the other five goalkeepers who have scored in the Premier League? I did do it, didn't I? I did say it, but I can't. Is it? It's Peter Schmeichel, isn't it? Yeah, Peter Schmeichel scored the first one. Um, is it Tim Howard? Tim Howard's got one. Um, yeah, I'm struggling now to be honest. Um, Stoke goalkeeper against Southampton. Oh, Asmir Begovic, wasn't it? Asmir Begovic. Yeah. Spurs goalkeeper against Watford 2007. Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel is one of them, but he scored for Blackburn. It's not Spurs keeper. Oh, there you go. That's good. I'm a sort of the names are coming to me because I have, um, like, I have wrote, I have put it in stories. Paul Robinson. Paul Robinson. Yeah. He scored over Ben Foster, didn't he? It was just like a long kick forward and it was a really windy day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, mental moment. Um, what, I mean, the question I had about it, and it's, it's funny because I was in a group chat with a couple of friends of mine, and someone said, why is no one marking Alisson? And I was like, come on, mate, who the hell, do they, who the hell marks a goalkeeper? And he said, whoever's marking bloody Shakiri, because Shakiri's about five foot. And you know what? I didn't know what to say to that. I was like, it's a fair point. Yeah, it is a fair... Like, you've got to judge the situation on its merits, haven't you? Like, it needs to be marked. Albion, the truth is, it was the 94th minute. Albion were knackered. Yeah. And they haven't fought it through, have they? Um, but even then, you know, you've got to give him some credit. Isn't you? I mean, it was an absolutely amazing header. <laughs> I mean, he rises up and like some of the angles of it, it's just a top quality header. It's a top quality header. <laughs> Um, but yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate. I feel I was more like after the game, I was more happy to have seen it, but now I'm more disappointed it's happened. Yeah, um, I mean, strange. It is, and there were some strange decisions in the game as well. Uh, the first one came in Liverpool's first goal. Admittedly, there was a bit of time between this kind of situation and the goal itself. Uh, Fabinho's running with the ball. Mike Dean kind of gets in the way of him, blows up and gives him a free kick. Um, a lot of pundits kind of pulled, called him out for it. Uh, I don't think Sam Allardyce was too happy either. Should have it should have been an uncontested drop ball, which would have given Albion a bit more time to maybe get set up, but he ended up with a quick free kick and ends up transpiring that Dean Garner looks to move the ball back to Bartley. Bartley probably not quite as aware to it as he probably should be, and Salah nips in and scores a great, a great goal. Um, and then the second one, of course, the VAR controversy, which which Big Sam was was livid about. Yeah, the first one, <clears throat> I didn't really see it at the time because obviously, like I'm, while I'm watching the game, I've got to write a report. So 
sometimes you just little moments like that they don't seem that contentious so mm. it, it just was what it was but oh, it's on reflection and it's on like it's only after like um so much attention was brought to it that 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 was absolutely correct i mean it should have been a, a drop ball as you said um i'm not really not quite sure why it wasn't i don't quite know what was going through Mike Dean's mind there, really? But the funny thing is, none of the Albion players really protested it either. They were just like, oh, right, okay, we're back playing. I think, does anyone... Tr- Can any fan, hand on heart, listening to this now, say they understand when it's a drop ball and when it isn't, and the, all the scenarios that surround drop balls and when it's uncontested and when it's contested? And I don't know... I don't know if... If you... If truly... Do you only know those rules if you're like actually officiate in some capacity? I think that's maybe the case. Yeah, I think I think a lot of fans would know that when a referee's involved, if the ball hits a referee, it's an uncontested drop drop ball. The ball doesn't actually hit him; he just kind of gets in the way of Fabinho. I think I think at Liverpool do deserve the ball back because they do lose possession from it, and Mike Dean's not in a great position. Fabinho is just there trying to get to the ball. Um. Whereas a contested drop ball, I've always thought, is more about if a player was down and there was maybe some debate over who was in control of the ball when the referee blows up to, to get that player treated. But I swear I've seen it where the ball's at the referee and everyone's just carried on. And not this season. I think this, this season they were <clears throat> quite strong on it this season. If the ball hits the referee, game play immediately stops and it's a drop ball for the team who kicked that ball. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I probably read it somewhere, but I didn't. I. I. I mean, I'm racking my brains. I didn't. I don't. I don't know if I. Knew, I don't think I knew that really. Mm. Um, it's obscure though. It's just another <clears throat> obscure one. I think you just. Yeah. It was. I mean, it, it, the, the bottom line is, it was a mistake by Mike Dean. It's not the players. It's not Albion's players. If they're a bit confused, like I think I was, I would be in that situation. I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure what's going on. Mm. But it's not the player's responsibility to appeal. Like Mike Dean should know that, and shouldn't have awarded it. And it's no bizarre, bizarre. I said I think I might have said to you the other night. I don't know if it's on the video or not, but I genuinely never wanted to believe there was a big team bias in the Premier League. I genuinely wanted to just I, I, like conspiracy theorists are not for me. Like I, sometimes I just think it's sort of sour grapes, really. Mm. Um, but. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind there is a big team bias now. No doubt about it. The big teams do get more of the decisions. Um I got and I've said to you, I said to you, I got no doubt that if <clears throat> if like that goal that I can't remember, it's it's Phillips and Williams, isn't it, that Liverpool sent the back to the other night. I got yeah. no doubt if Phillips won the header from a corner and Williams stuck his boot out and put it in the back of the net and for Fabin- Firmino was stood in the position that Matt Phillips was. I got no doubt the goal would have stood. Um, it would have gone for Liverpool. It would have. I think. I think that goal is dictated by the fact that the the linesman or the referee's assistant, sorry, flags. I think if he doesn't flag, I don't think VAR. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think VAR kind of flags it up as an offside. But when you look at it, you, you, he is stood right in front of Allison. The issue is, he's never going to get there, even if he could see it. Yeah, it's a goal, mate. It's a goal for me. Um, and this is the one which VAR overturned. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, look, it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion based on having watched thirty six games a season. But 
fact, I just think I just genuinely think there's a chance if that goes to Stockley Park, Liverpool get it. Mm. It doesn't, doesn't fill me with any pride to say that. Like I don't, I don't, like, I don't. It doesn't make me happy. I just think there is a chance. Um. So yeah, just easy to brush over as well, considering I've been already down. Yeah, I think so. I think the one that's really easy to brush over is the Mike Dean is the is the drop ball one. Mm. I mean, the VAR hasn't been brushed over because it is a disgrace. Like, Allardyce lost his head about it post match. He was furious. Um, but that's really disappointing. Mike Dean should know better there. I think um, that's his job to know the rules at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but like, look, look we were all saying us. The truth is, we can talk about it till the cows come in, but it hasn't changed anything, has it? Like, if Albion had gone into that game needing to win it to stay up, then we'd all be absolutely livid. Mm. Uh, but the truth is, we're already down. What can we do about it? Nothing. Big team bias, probably. VAR's a joke. Everyone knows it. Um, what else can you say on it? It's just, at least we won't have to deal with that sort of nonsense in the championship. It is what it is, mate. It is what it is at this point. Um, interesting, uh, I thought, the team news. And this is something we kind of covered in the video as well. We saw Grady Dean Garner come in. We saw how Robson Carnu starting. We saw the likes of Jake Livermore and Colin Grant getting on. That, to me, as I said in the video, uh, if you've seen that, so sorry if I'm repeating myself, strikes me as team news of a man who's considering his options for next season, which probably makes me lean toward more the fact that Big Sam's probably planning on staying on now for next season. Of course, he might change his mind. We don't know yet. But for me, it looks like he's kind of almost veering that way. Yeah. um, So much to talk about here, really, if we're doing like Big Sam. Don't let me not talk about Hal Robson Carno either because I really want to talk about him. But Mm. um, So Big Sam, we did say this on the video, but it is worth repeating and I might... You never know. I can't actually remember what I said on the video, so I might say something a bit different. Um, After the presser on Friday, so the pre-Liverpool presser, I genuinely thought he was a goner. Mm. Um, He came out with this tweet. Not tweet, sorry. I did tweet it. But he came out with this um, line that he was in shock at the relegation. He was was so downbeat. He was just so downbeat. Mm. Um, And... Yeah, he came out saying he was in shock that Albion had gone down. Um, he generally thought when he came in, he would keep them up. Um, and I think everyone sort of, a lot of the comments was like, really, you shocked? Like, we've, we've, let's be honest, we've looked like, if we're being honest, we've looked like we've been going down from the moment the season got underway. Yeah. Um, from Leicester at home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so. I think, it, like, everyone... I don't think anyone really had any aspirations for us to finish any any higher than 17th this season. Like, that was... Um, tell, that, tell that to us when they're 3-0 up at half-time against Chelsea. Well, yeah, it was a long time ago. I just think everyone... I don't know, I think it was a bit, it was a, bit of a surprising comment because I don't think the relegation has shocked anyone, really. So if it has shocked Sam, then he is on his own there. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I thought... I don't know, the way he was down, and the, and the fact he wouldn't say about his future. He said the week before he expected a decision on his future very quickly. Once that, once relegation had been confirmed, Sam said it shouldn't take them long to 
thrash things out. They're, they're his words. He, I'm not, I'm not like, like that. I'm not trying to use his words against him by any means because I don't want to do that. But that is what he said. Like he, mm. he did say it will be a quick resolution. Um, and then he came into the podcast. Came into podcast. I've got struggling with my words today. And he came into the press conference and he was very, very downbeat. And he basically said, "I'm not gonna." Saying he answered an initial question on his future, and he said, "I'm not going to say any more than that. You'll find out before Leeds." Um, and he was very downbeat, and you couldn't help but get the impression that he just didn't want to confirm it that he's leaving mm. because it would because he wants the players to give their all in these next couple of games, and it's just not. I don't know. I think everyone would down tools slightly. That's what that's footballers are human beings, and it's not con it's not conscious, but. I think when they've got a manager in the dugout who isn't going to be managing them next season, I think they do just maybe take 5-10% off. Um, I think that's just a human thing, not a criticism of Albion's players. I think that's just a criticism of like what happens to footballers sometimes. And I thought he doesn't want that to happen. He wants to try and finish on a high. Mm. If, this is, if he's out of his last three games as a manager, like he doesn't want to get three like spanked three times. And I mean... I spoke to other journalists on that press conference. We were t- texting afterwards, and 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 we were like, he's, he, we all said he's a goner. He's a goner. Yeah. He's a goner. Um, like he just doesn't look like a man that's staying. Then, then obviously that evening he was at the under 18s game, and you think, well, um, that's interesting. Why is he at the, if he is not staying? Why is he at that under 18s game? And then yeah, the team selection was with undoubtedly an eye on the future. So. <clears throat> Grady Dean Garner brought in out of the cold, if we're being honest. His, his last start was January the 2nd, yeah. um, five months ago. It's a long, 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 long time. But we know what a superb player he is and what a star he is in the championship. And I asked Allardyce afterwards why why Dean Garner was started. And he said because his, the time has come to reintegrate him into the team. Like, we're going to need him next season. Like, he's a, Albion are going to need him next season. He's a superb player in the championship. So we need to start getting him some minutes under his belt and getting his confidence up. For that for that campaign, and then Hal Robson Carnu as well, obviously, and by Janga's highly unlikely to be at Albion next season. Well, Allardyce said the club can't afford him, so mm. he won't be at the club next season. If we're being honest, ninety five percent sure he won't be at the club next season. Um, so Hal Robson Carnu starts, scores. Obviously, he's out of contract in the summer. Um, great, great goal too, by the way. Great goal and a goal we saw countless times last season. That is such mm. a typical. How Robson Carnu got when he collects the ball in that right channel, um, he's brilliant at like curling it in with like the inside of his left foot and beyond the keeper. We saw it so many times last season. It's, it's like it's perfect for him if you put the ball in that area. Um, <clears throat> and then the subs as well. Like you've got to say the subs. Like Jake Livermore, he's been out in the cold. If being honest, he's been out in the cold and. He's not been getting off the bench at all. And then Jake Livermore comes on. Um, Carl and Grant comes on. These players, he, he must be, he must be bringing them in with an eye for next season. The only thing I'll say is, Sam Allen, I, 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 I think, and, and this is, this is based on, it's based on that press conference on the Friday, and it's based on what he's done since. Is I think there is a chance that he does, he genuinely doesn't know what to do. I think he's accustomed to being in the Premier League. I think a 46-game season is a slog. 
I think he really won't want to end his career by having got relegated to Albion and having failed to get West Brom up. Because I think that really would be like a, a disappointing end. Yeah. An even more disappointing end than just getting relegated with Albion. <clears throat> and I think he's coming under, I think he might be coming under some pressure from his family to call it a day. Um, like his wife in the past, he's, he's spoken so like, in press conferences early doors, he's always been so like, he's always been like sweet talking about his wife really, Sam. Mm. Um, like, he, um, and I've said before, like he was desperate. He's really concerned about passing on COVID, and when he first came back into football, and I think his wife in the past has said to him, like, like I think it's time to call it a day. You're not getting any younger. Like you've got to think of your health and the stress this puts you under. And I think he might, maybe. I'm not saying I don't know, but he might become under pressure from his family as well to just enough's enough. Um, but 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 he loves it. Mm. Like he lives and breathes football. He like he's a football man. He uh, we did a story last week about the Super League again. When uh, I mean uh, we were in the press conference. Can't remember what press conference it was now. And he, Sam wasn't asked about the Super League, but he just sort of like almost stopped the press conference and said, "Lads, I just want to say this on the Super League." And he was so, he's so hurt by the fact that those six clubs tried to break away. He just can't get his head around it, that anyone would want to leave the Premier League or threaten the future of the Premier League um, and, and like the general pyramid of English football. And Sam Allardyce would, is a manager in every sense of the word. Like, he lives and breathes it. He's just... If, 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 if he does re- retire from management after in the next week or so, sitting in a studio for Talk Sport or sitting as a pundit for Sky... Don't get me wrong, he'll enjoy it, but it's just not going to cut it for him. No, like he, he needs, he lives for the for the for the for the blood and thunder of every day. He lives for being around players, for improving them. For the he lives for the for the thrill of the game, really, for being involved. And so, this is what I think the situation is with Sam. That I think it's I don't think it's an Albion thing. I think. Albion should be fairly strong next season in terms of the budget, especially if they sell Pereira and or Johnson, whatever they do with parachute payments, they should be okay financially. He should have the tools. He should have a, a, a strong budget really and the tools to mount a promotion push. But I think he is debating in his head whether he wants to go through a grueling 46 game campaign. And I think he might be, and, and whether he wants to put his family through it. Mm. Um, as for I the think... thing, as for the thing where it's like this is where you could finish up. I just think, is there a better way to finish than getting Albion up and then keeping them up that one year after? See, that's like that would be that'd be a great way to finish it, wouldn't it? That would be the that would be like the great a great way to finish it. I think. Um... Yeah, but that so that would take you sixty seven this year. Um, so let's say you start. I think it's later this year, but let's say he starts the season as, as a sixty seven year old. Mm. It's he it won't, but you know what I'm trying to get at. He's sixty seven next season, so he'd be sixty eight that season in the pram. So he'd retire at like sixty nine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if I was him, that's what I'd do. Um, 
but you don't know what other factors are in there, do you? You don't know his thought process. That's but it. I am saying that based on the fact he wins promotion with us next year, and yeah. then he get, keeps us up. So it's a big, but they're big ifs, aren't they? Um, so yeah, that's where we are. It, if he doesn't, if he doesn't know what he's going to do yet, which I think there is, I think he probably doesn't. He, I think he's going to wait to the last possible moment and then go. Okay, right, my decision is. Maybe, but if he does know, then he's doing a great job at not letting on. Yeah. Um, because his signals really are very, very mixed. Um, when do you think but, we will find out? Well, he said before Leeds, hasn't he? So um, that's Sunday. It's, it, I think it'll be very, very hard for him not to give an answer at at his pre-Leeds press conference on Friday. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be very, very, very hard. He'll be asked again after the West Ham game. If I was him, maybe. I don't. I, I've got a feeling, I might be wrong, but I don't think he'd want to announce it in a press conference. No. I think, like, maybe he'd want to do it on his own terms. It seems to me like the perfect kind of way to announce it. And I don't know if. I, don't, I mean, I've not been at home games this season. Like the programme notes type thing. Yeah, I'd say. The only thing I'd say about that is Sam Allardyce is such a staple of English football that he's too big to just announce in programme notes. Yeah. Like, if he was to retire, that would be a massive deal. Him staying's a big deal. But if English football was actually saying goodbye to Sam Allardyce, that is quite a big thing, I'd say. So I think that's too big, really, for... um, I mean, look, the reason why we're recording the Baggies broadcast on Tuesday this week is because I was booked, uh, my day off this week was supposed to be Thursday. Mm. And I changed it to Monday because I think maybe as a chance we'll have an announcement on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but I honestly, I really don't know what he's going to do. Mm. I really don't know. Like, I genuinely want him to stay on. Um, but... I'm not sure. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race, or faith. To start your adoption journey, or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place, or call 01902 553818. Questions, Joe. Plenty of questions. Plenty of questions. And the first one comes from Clint McCormick. How do you think Roy Hodgson would fare if he returned to Albion, given Sam goes, this would be? I know he's 73, but if he's happy to keep managing, then it certainly doesn't seem like seem to be affecting his teams and, his, and he constantly hits targets. Another win for them this weekend. Sorry, not sorry, Luke. Uh, yeah, another win for Crystal Palace this weekend. A really frustrating one for me. 
Hodgson announced today that he's departing Palace and obviously he's, he's had links with Albion uh, previously, done well at Albion before. Is I mean, 73 is... So it's quite old to be taking on a new job, but if he's keen on continuing to manage, although the one thing I would say is, in his statement, I think it kind of led to potentially, not not necessarily retiring from football altogether, but maybe a different role. He said, the time is right for me to step away from the rigours of top-flight Premier League football. Admittedly, Albion won't be in the top flight, but... Yeah, that is the thing with that, but... But then are want... surely the championship the there's more rigors in the championship with extra games. And that's where Albion want to be, so I don't really see the point in like giving him a one year deal and then Um Do you know what? I'm really torn on this. Well, I'm not that torn because I don't really want him. Um <laughs> but it's difficult because Everyone in football talks about a long-term vision and you want, like, everyone wants a plan and everyone keeps saying, what's the plan at Albion and this, that and the other and where's, like, the blueprint for the future? Well, let's be honest, like, you can have all these fancy blueprints and this, that and the other, but the vast majority of managers don't stick around for longer than two seasons. No. Um, you know, you might get, like, you might get it. Like, you might, like, Dean Smith at Villa, obviously, has been there for an a number of years now um it does happen and then that's what obviously that is what you want um but it's, it's what you strive for so i think if albion don't stick with allardyce or if allardyce doesn't stick with albion i think you then strive for a long-term manager yeah you, the chances are it ain't going to happen because it doesn't happen in football like managers go after a year they go after 18 months they go after um like however long, like who'd, who'd have thought in March last year before the lockdown when Albion had just been brilliant against Bristol Rovers and all these other teams and Slavon was on the crest of a wave. Who'd have thought six months, nine months later, everyone had, like a lot of fans would want him out. I mean, he was so popular, wasn't he? And then yeah. that, that's football now. Like the cycle is brutal. Um, it just, so... The long-term planning thing is a bit of a is a bit of a myth, really. But but you have to. But I think you do have to strive for it. Um, and then so so for that reason, I wouldn't want Hodgson. I know he was absolutely fantastic for Albion. I know he was. Um, but for me, if it's not Allardyce, it has to be Chris Wilder. Yeah. Because I do think there is a chance with him that. You could have long-term success. He could actually build something sustainable. Um, but like, even like, like I'd go on about Graham Potter. Like, I'd have liked Graham, someone like Graham Potter, like that type of ilk. But he could end up. Brighton would have gone down that path with him, thinking he could be here for three, four years, whatever, five years. He could be Tottenham manager next next week. Yeah. And what he'd have been there for? Is it two years or a year? He's been there, I want to say two, but I might be wrong. But, like, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because he's not, in terms of the league table, he's not really pulled up any trees. It's like someone said to me, like, Chris Hewton got sacked, didn't he, for finishing 17th? Is that right? Yeah. 
Whereas Potter could finish 17th and get the Tottenham job from it. Yeah, I think it's all about style of play, isn't it? It's all about style of play, yeah, but... And but I, like, I do think Potter would do well with better players. Yeah, me too, but but then he has got Premier League players, so... Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's why... It's, it's a bit harsh to rule out Roy on his age, because I do think the long-termism is a bit... But, but I think you've got to strive for it. Yeah. So, so I'm going Allardyce or Wilder for me. Okay, Daniel Tudge. Thoughts on rumours of no stripes and Dean Garner versus Liverpool? I thought you worked hard and a few free kicks against the best right back in the world. Um, let's start with Dean Garner. I was just delighted to see him on the pitch, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's a special player, special talent, uh, and will be massive for the club next season. I, I echo everything everything he just said. Like I'm really happy to see him out there. I really think he's a special player. I really think he's a special lad. Um, from what I gather, I've never had anything to do with him really. But from people who who know him, say he's very quiet, very humble, um, very reserved. He's not your stereotypical footballer. He's 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 um he's a really sort of reserved, mild mannered chap. Um, and yeah, but he's just so wonderfully talented. I, I mean, he was. I think I do actually think sometimes people have forgotten how good he was last season. Um, he was sensational. The dip, the dip we had at the turn of last year coincided with Dean Garner being out. We really missed him um, when he picked up an injury. Um, yeah, really pleased to see him back in. Look, it's a tough one, isn't it, against Liverpool when you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is without doubt the best attacking fullback in, well, best attacking right back in the world. He's probably not going to go to the Euros. Um, that's a shocking decision for me. If uh, I don't think it is, you know. I don't think it is. Um, oh, he's just too talented. Yeah, but... No, I don't think it is. I don't. Um, but and he's up against Mo Salah as well. So you're thinking, like Sam said afterwards, like when when I asked him about him, he was like, he had to spend a lot of the time, a lot of the game in his own half, didn't he? Like he had to mm. be defensively very, very disciplined. But I said on this podcast yonks ago, yonks ago, I think Dean Garner's brilliant defensively. Yeah, I think he's really, really good defensively. Um, and uh, I thought he did well, yeah. Sam said, and obviously this is like, you can't, it's absolutely spot on. Against the less, you, you want to see him now against the lesser side, don't you? And get, get going forward more. Yeah. Um, which, it'll be tough against West Ham as well, because they, they, they have got a lot of attacking players. And they do play on the front foot. And they've got to go for it as well, because they've got Europe still to play for. But... Um, yeah, I hope he starts and I hope we see a little bit more of him going forward. But I agreed. I think he did all right against um, against Liverpool. And the kit, Joe, um, a couple of people have, caught, have, caught, have kind of spotted this. There's been a kind of leak of, of Albion's potential next season uh, kit. I know you're not a massive kit fan. For me, I, I think they look a bit questionable, to be honest. Yeah, I said this to you off air, didn't I, before we started? I, I, and, and this is going to sound a bit awful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for people listening, but I just don't care about kits. I've got absolutely no interest in kits. I just find it like, yeah, you wear. I do. I, I kind of like think you should always be traditional and stick to your like. But like you said to me, oh, I bought the England blackout kit. I think it's really smart. I'm like, oh, it is. It's a good kit. I, I never. How you're going, oh, yeah, it's a good kit. I can't get that excited about a kit ever. To me, it's just a football shirt. 
I'm really sorry to people who, I, I said to you before, I've got a mate who designs kits for like football manager and FIFA in his spare time. He absolutely loves kits. Concept kits. I know loads of people love kits, but to me, like, I just find them so boring. And I couldn't care less what Albin are wearing next season. As long as it's blue and white, stripes, like, ish, which yeah. this, this which this leaked kit is. Um, just. Just. But even then, mate, I just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry to upset people who are really passionate about kits. It's okay. just a kit. It's just yeah. a kit. I mean, for me, the home kit is... It's grown on me the more I've looked at it, but I'm still not a massive fan. I like the the black and grey with the the red. I don't mind that one. The third kit, I'm not. I mean, just reminds me of Arsenal's third kit this season. I I like the green and yellow. Like, give. I think Albion's in recent years. I like the kit they wore. The year where they didn't get out of the playoffs. Um, I thought that was a smart looking kit. I really did. That was that was probably my favourite Albion kit of recent years. Why well, not go back to something similar to that um, for me anyway? Um, All Albion fans says, with today being 53 years since we last won the FA Cup and Leicester winning it this weekend, how many decisions do you think Albion would have to get spot on to get to the level the Foxes are at? Eight to ten great oh, signings over the last seven years have made the world of difference. First things first, how bloody good was that FA Cup final? I don't know, did you watch it? I watched the second half. How good was the atmosphere? Um, when that goal goes in, I mean, it's a stunning goal as well. The yeah, noise, was, oh my God, it was fantastic. That was amazing, and, and the celebrations were amazing. Um, Getting the owner down. Not many clubs do that. That's brilliant. Yeah, that was top draw. The fans all made it really, really special. I like Leicester. Um it's because a good club, Leicester. They're so nice to us, aren't they? When, when it's just so well run from top to bottom. Um, I'm a, I really like Brendan Rodgers, partly for selfish reasons because I was once sat on the sports desk about five years ago when Man when Man City won the Premier League under Pellegrini. Mm. I said on the sports desk, to whoever ten people there, however many people were there that Brendan Rodgers was a better manager than Pellegrini, and I got absolute pelters for it. <laughs> I got absolutely abused for saying it, and I was like, I don't care if Pellegrini's won the, won the league of Man City, Brendan Rodgers is a better manager. And now I think I've been proven well and truly right. Um, but I do like to bring that moment up quite a lot to when people... Um, so I was pleased for him, and this is going to sound awful, but like I was watching it, I really wanted Leicester to win. Really wanted Brendan Rodgers to get a trophy in English football. Mm. And the moment Chelsea had that goal disallowed by VAR, I was just gutted. Really? I was gutted, yeah. I was just like, gutted. I was just like... I, I've got a different point of view to, to this than you. I thought having fans in the ground made VAR more palatable. I don't even understand what you're trying to say. So... That decision in a game without fans, everyone's looking at it because you've got that fake fan noise in there and and this and that. Everyone looks at it and the, the emotion's completely taken out of it. And I don't get me wrong, I know a lot of neutrals wanted Leicester to win. I wanted Leicester to win. But the reaction when that goal got overturned. But that's but but that's I thought not, that was brilliant drama. But that but it's not about drama. 
Like we're not we're not like what we're not doing this so sky get like it's not it's not a box that. Do you know what I mean? It's not so you don't get to download your next episode. It's not it's, it's not, not a line about, of duty, mate. Like it's not about drama, mate. It's like it's about what's right and, and the game and like everybody knows that's a goal that anyone who knows football knows Chelsea scored. That's a goal. That is a goal. Anyone, if you're going to, if you're going to bring it, I can't, we can't go on about VAR again, but if you're going to put out those forensic lines, like that is not in the spirit of the game. That is not football. Like Chelsea scored. And to have that, I tell you what, this is what I said. If, right, if, England are in the World Cup final and they score that goal in the 88th minute to equalise and it gets disallowed for VAR, I'm not responsible for my actions. <laughs> I would lose my head. I would absolutely lose my head. And it, it's not right. And that just made me, honestly, it like, it like sucked the life out of the last five minutes for me. It was weird because like, Sometimes you see moments in football and you just think, oh, I'm not sure. And when, and when Wes Morgan came on... That was bold, that was. I just felt like... I just felt like I had like a sixth sense that it was a bad move and that Rodgers was going to come back to regret that. And then lo and behold, that happens. And then it gets turned... Oh, and then I'm just like... I just thought it was like wrong. I thought it was so... And then when everyone's, when the fans start cheering for VAR, I just think that's... Part of that made it more palatable for me. Because I, I, I... It was one of them offsides. It wasn't completely forensic. It wasn't millimetres. Nor was it a long distance. I think back when VAR wasn't a thing, if the lino flags it, everyone looks at it and goes, I tell you what, the lino's done a great job there. But it didn't. It, it was forensic. Like the lines came up on the screen. You had to like. It wasn't you, as close as I thought when you when you saw it without the lines. I thought he's offside. I thought it was it was on the border. Where I thought if if the assistant flags it, forget even if VAR is still there. If the assistant flags it, and it's given offside afterwards, everyone's like that's a. Uh, he's he's done a great job on that on that referee's system. I think the vast majority of football fans, in their heart of hearts, know that's a goal. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. It was a tough one because obviously, as a neutral, you're not completely committed to a team. But I was invested in Leicester winning that, and I thought Casper Schmeichel had a great game. I'd, I've I've had my questions over Casper Schmeichel previously, but some of them are saves. I mean, were top draw the one from Mason Mount. That's yeah, an unbelievable save. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wanted them to win, but I, I can't say it. I'm just telling you how I felt, but it really tarnished it for me. And last last one on the FA Cup, because we, we don't want to be just covering the FA Cup, I'll be more than playing. Um, I did get a little bit of sadistic joy from watching a video of the fans, the Chelsea fans giving it large in the ground, and then they go dead quiet when the VAR thing comes in and it's, it's ruled out. Yeah, but if that was your club, you'd be going mental. Oh, I'd be gutted if it was my club. But at the same time, as a neutral, it was it was tasty, that video. I must admit. I don't know how you thought about it, but I, I thought it was... I enjoyed watching that video. I don't know about you. I see. You revel in their misery, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just... 
it, I don't know. It just I I can I enjoyed that video. Just put it that way. Um, Ronnie um, asks, do you think Luke Dowling changes with the academy system has improved Albion or had a negative effect? There's been a lot of talk about it in the last week because of Villa taking the core of our academy coaches. Uh, yeah, um, this is a really boring answer, um, but you're not going to know for about five years. Yeah. Um, the truth is that that a lot of the players, obviously, obviously, um, that a lot of coaches did leave Albion for Villa, um, for whatever reason, multiple reasons. I know Albion are now very, very, very happy with the way the academy's structured. They're very happy with the staff they've got. They feel like they're moving forwards with it. Um, they're really pleased. But but a lot of the players at Albion now were signed by the people at Villa now. Yeah. Um, it's all very, very recent. So it's going to be over time, isn't it? It's going to be like... It'd be, It'd be, it'd be, obviously, if the, if like some of these under 18s, under 23s do get in the first team, the staff there now deserve a lot of credit. Um, but so will actually some of the staff at Villa because they spotted them in the first place. Yeah. So it's sort of the next batch behind them, um, which is when we're really going to see um, the impact of of um, you got a visitor, mate. No, no, that's just my squeaky chair. Oh right. Was a door going? Um, yeah, it's it's the next batch after that. Yeah. Um, when you're really going to see sort of the fruits of the changes, really. Um, but there's no doubt about it. They're really excited about the future Albion. Really, really excited by it. Um, they got. It sounds like they got a lot of good players coming through. Mm. Um, yeah. Richard Downing asks, uh, any news on the Nathan Ferguson Tribunal or pushing my luck here, any news on the money owed by Barcelona for Louis Barry? The money which I don't think Albion will ever, ever get at this point in time. It seems to be taking forever. No, no. I mean, the Ferguson Tribunal, I think, we did we do it last week? Might have touched uh, on it. Where I said we should, people should look at players Palace have got because I think there's yeah. a chance that um, Albion... We, well, very, very quickly, very, clubs do not like to go to tribunal. They do not like to do it. That's the buying club or the selling club. Um, and the reason for that is they genuinely, both sides tend to feel that they've been hard done to. They would rather negotiate it um, themselves. And I think that's a big reason why there's always, there's, these things take so long. Um, if you're Palace, you, really, you probably don't want to go to a tribunal because... Palace did agree to pay £11 million for Nathan Ferguson and obviously that will be taken into account. Um, maybe, maybe for Albin, I don't want it to go to a tribunal because he really hasn't kicked a ball for a very long time. So maybe they'll judge he's worth very, very little compared to £11 million. So mm. I think constantly the clubs do try and reach reach agreements that they both deem as fair um, and take it out of that third party's hands. I think that's why Albion had an interest in signing Andros Townsend at the beginning of this season, before they signed Grady Dean Garner and Carlin Grant, I must stress. Mm. Um, but I think they had an interest in signing Andros Townsend and that would have gone some way to the Ferguson fee, just because they they will the two clubs will try and find an, an agreement that suits everybody, so, that, so they're not... They don't want to risk being stung at a tribunal, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the reason why this has gone on is going on so long 
Um, um, in terms of Louis Barry, I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't check very often. I sort of check in every like couple of months or so whether Albin have received the cash. Um, last time I checked, which was a while ago, they hadn't. I've read things since from journalists which would imply that they still haven't, as in like a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, the thing with the Louis Barry money is, is it's the it's the principle. Yeah. Um, it makes it even more frustrating when he's playing against your under 18s and having a very good game and getting to an FA Youth Cup final as well. Yeah, it does. But Gareth, uh, Gareth Barry, Louis Barry did um, run down his contract at Albion. Like yeah. he, he wasn't contracted to the club. So he. The fee, the, the, the fee is, we, I think it's £235,000 is what Barcelona owe Albion. That's that's FIFA's set um, compensation tariff for players that move abroad. Mm. Um, so, don't get me wrong, I've been really angry about it in the past and it is an absolute joke that Albion haven't got that money. The only bit of perspective I'd give is, is 235 k which... It's not going to make us rich next season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not really going to affect our budget. I think there's a chance we could say to someone, I think there's a chance Arsenal could come and say, we'll give you 25 million for Pereira. And we'll go, no, you can have him for 28 and a half. And there's three and a half million you've made. Yeah. Just see, so 235k in the grand scheme of things, it isn't a great deal of money in football. Um, but the principle of it is is entirely wrong. Um, but Barcelona are absolutely like screwed, aren't they, financially? Oh, I'm an absolute mess of a club in terms of finances. It's bizarre. Um, last one comes from Mark Hale. What sort of reception do you think the players will receive on Wednesday? I would hope that it's a good one. So do you know what? I never even questioned that it wouldn't be. Yeah, that's what I've always thought. And then I saw the question, I was like, why would you give players a bad reception? You've not been there all season. Just but go Sam, and, and show your support. But Sam was asked about this on um after the after the game the other night. After the Liverpool game. After after the Liverpool game he held his West Ham pre match press conference. So he was asked about it then, and I did actually like, oh, hang on, kind of have got a point there. Like, Albion have gone down. Mm. Like, it's not been a good season, like, really. Um, but that said, obviously, for the last three, four months, three months, they have been playing well. They have been playing, they've given it a real go. They've been, they, as we've said a million times, as Sam said a million times, they should have a lot more points on the board. Yeah. Um, than they've got. They have given it everything. They have, they have looked organised and defensively resolute. So I think I think over. I genuinely believe fans will just be happy to be back. Yeah. Um, I think it helps that kind of relegation is done really, um, and everyone's sort of moved on from it. Everyone ex- has expected it from a long time, and I think people will just be delighted to cheer on their team again. Personally, mm. I hope that's the case. Anyway, you'd hope so. You'd hope so that it's it's more of a lift than. 
than fans being there and, and giving them some stick because it's not going to help anyone in that situation at all. It's not going to help the players. It's not going to help Big Sam. It's not going to help the fans. It's not going to have an enjoyable time if you're giving them all kind of trouble. Ultimately, just go out there and show your support. That's what I'd say. I mean, you've not been there for however long. It'll be nice to just see the team, see the players, provide a decent atmosphere and hopefully get a result. Also, like I think fans often say, like the one thing... All they really ask is that they give the players give their all, mm. um, and 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 do everything they can to, for the club. And I don't think you could ever say this group of players hasn't done that. This play, this group of players has never have never jacked it in. Like they, they have. I think we all know the reason why Albion are going down is because if if truth be told, there isn't they haven't got the quality needed to survive. Yeah, they need a bit more quality. Um, they should have scored more goals. They need. So I think that that's why we know they're going down. It's it's certainly not an effort or application thing. They have given their all. Um, so for that reason, I don't I don't see why they need criticism really. Like what? They they they've done their best. Mm. They just ultimately haven't been quite good enough, have they? Um, but they have done their best. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. West Ham. The team that uh, fans will be able to watch uh, take on the Albion at the Hawthorns. Um, hopefully, it just sounds brilliant, uh, and hopefully, a performance to to match a great atmosphere. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. I think it'll be. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I've just been tapping up Sam's quotes on it. Actually, uh, I think it'll be very like West Ham. Be very aggressive, very on the front foot. He, he said they're going for it basically. Mm. Um, he watched them against Brighton. They were very, very attacking. It's probably going to be. Ben Rama, Lingard, and Bowen behind Antonio up front. They'll go four two three one. Rice and Suchek, who both have brilliant seasons, will yeah. protect the defence and but also springboard attacks. And I think Albion will have to defend. I think I think they play a lot on the counter attack. Um, but they're not Liverpool. Um, yeah, I think it, uh, and and the fans there's going to be massive. I, I, I really, really, I really think it will be. There's no doubt about it. Albion, it really hurt Albion to lose that Liverpool game. Mm. Um, and I think if there was no fans in, there might be a bit of a hangover. Yeah. Um, a bit like we saw. Who did we play after Villa? Was it Leicester? Yeah. That would make sense. Because after that Villa game, they were gutted. And then yeah. obviously we didn't play well at Leicester, which has only been our poor performance really in the last fourteen or so games. But I'd, I would be a bit worried that 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 was really harsh that Liverpool result. That that would have a little bit of a hangover. But I don't think it will with fans in. I think as soon as they run out and hear that roar, mm. um, I think that'll massively lift them. I think the players will give absolutely everything. I fancy Albion to win the game to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's the only chance for fans to really appreciate the, the likes of Conor Gallagher and OK Kuzlu and, and then by January if he if he does get on, Ainsley Maitland Miles too. Uh, and like for the likes of Sam Johnson and Pereira, potentially the last time you're gonna see him. Yeah, yeah, true. Very, very true. So um, it's a, a chance for the fans to really appreciate those players and let them know that, you know, despite what's happened this season, that you know, they're thankful for their efforts. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, Allardyce wants to end the season on a high as well and I think 
I think there's a real chance that, that the boost album received from fans tomorrow, Leeds will get that boost on the final day. That, yeah. that they'll get the benefit that day. So I think, yeah, it'd be it'd be just be really nice to win the game. It'd just be really really nice to win the game. Mm. Um, and I think there's some of the there's some players in that team that really really deserve a win. Like they deserve a win. Yeah. Connor Townsend, Carl Bartley. Darnell Furlong, like, okay, because they really deserve to win a game of football. Um, so, yeah, hopefully. What are you most looking forward to, mate? Just finish us off with fans being there. What's what's the one thing you're looking forward to? It's just it's just genuinely that. I, the, 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 I don't know. It's not one part of it. It's just it's just all that that it's going to be. I always say my favourite thing about a football match is walking into the ground. Like I, that sounds a bit tragic, but I love I love the anticipation of it. Yeah. Like I love like the noise and fans outside and everyone like like that like community like spirit together. Everyone walking in to see their team. I love that moment. So just to walk in and be surrounded by people again and not just walk into a Hawthorns where there is nobody there. Like it, it, it's just just me walking. Just normally me and Joe Chapman just walking up from up the road into the ground. It's just weird. There's no one there. And then, yeah, just the songs. I saw, it breaks my heart that we've never heard the Slavon Bilic song, like, in the Premier League. Mm. That uh, breaks my heart. Um, then, yeah, just, like, the all-round atmosphere, just yeah, that, that, that anticipation before kickoff, And then just, like, moments, those moments when I am looking at my screen some type in a report, and then you know... Yeah, the crowd get get up and or you sense there's something happening because and then obviously a goal celebration. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. How much? Yeah. Um, it's too much to. You don't like things. I never knew I'd miss. I've mi- I've missed. Fingers crossed, they're all back in next season. Eh? Um. So yeah, I mean, I think I can't remember how many fans were at Liverpool away. Sam said in his press conference it was three thousand. Yeah, but I, but I thought it was one thousand, but he could be right. Um, but they made a right racket, you know. Oh yeah, it's, it'll be loud. It'll be loud. What is it, six thousand or so? Yes, pro- pro- approximately six thousand. Um, they'll make a they'll make a right noise. I think there's a chance people. I do actually think there's a chance people might actually not turn up. You know, I think people would have won tickets in the ballot and then might be a little bit concerned um, about actually going to the game, like. Maybe just have second thoughts a bit later on, but yeah, it's approximately six thousand fans are going to be in there. So yeah, it's going to be class. You never know; it might win Big Sam over if he's if he's I'm in an iron about whether to stick around. The roar of the fans might just warm his soul a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think it will. Unfortunately, I think Sam has been around the block so many times; he knows he knows the game, doesn't he? And mm. I think he'll make his decision based on. Him and him alone, him and his family, really. Um, and I think, yeah, he's just very, yeah. But maybe you never know, do you? But um, yeah, you never know. You never know. But hopefully, it's like a fantastic. If Albion win like two nil or three nil or something, I mean, it's a big ask, isn't it? But and yeah, it would be, it will be magical. Yeah. Um, it make it. I mean, it'd be the first question to him. Come on, Sam. You can't walk away from that, can you? Yeah. <laughs> if um, if that's what um, if that's what happens. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I guess we'll see, mate. Right, unless you've got anything else to add, mate, that's pretty much us done for another episode. Nah, that'll do us there, won't it, pal? That'll do us there. That'll do, indeed. Right, as always, um, if you've listened and enjoyed, please rate and review us on the podcast provider you choose to listen to us through. It does help us uh, spread the podcast to people who um, might not have heard about it, and hopefully they can uh, get involved too. But from me, from Joe, a fond farewell. Goodbye.